following podcast is brought to you by Robots vs. Dinosaurs. Disclaimer, this podcast is about to spoil several movies from 6 to 20 years old. Lou, read off the list. Today, Robots vs. Dinosaurs will be spoiling for you the list of The Simpsons, AP Bio, Alpha House, Transformers, Bongo, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I Love Lucy, Saturday Night Live, The Lion King, Battlestar Galactica, Bicentennial Man, Avengers, Endgame, Seinfeld, and... Hello and welcome to Robots vs. Dinosaurs, the podcast where we watch a movie or an episode of a TV show and then try to determine which one is cooler. Robots, dinosaurs, or uh, an evil programmed Santa that murders people like, like Christmas is the purge every year. I'm your host, Louis G, and with me as always is my co-host, and this time I have a returning co-host who I think the last time he was on, it was another Robots vs. Dinosaurs holiday special. We talked about Jurassic Park 3, which I can't remember how we justified that that was a Christmas movie, but we did. I can go back and listen to that and find out. Um, but anyway, my guest today is Pete Turo. Welcome, Pete. Thank you, Lou. I will say, number one, I did sing a, a version of Joy to the World that involved the uh, things for that movie, so that could be justified. Uh, mm -hmm. And also, I believe legally the robot Santa is a bloodthirsty cadaver junkie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that uh, correction. Um, Pete, why don't you tell the audience what episode of what TV show we are, we are going to be discussing today? Uh, we are watching uh, an episode from Futurama entitled A Tale of Two Santas, one of my absolute favorite episodes of television of all time. Yes, this was a great episode. Um, listeners, as you know, all this month for the holidays, Robots vs. Dinosaurs is covering all of the Christmas episodes or holiday episodes, I guess I should say. Um, uh, you know, we are well, declaring war on Christmas. Xmas. All of the, yeah, that's actually a much more accurate way to put it. Um, so yeah, the, the, we are covering all of the Futurama Xmas episodes, and this is the season three, A Tale of Two Santas. Um, this episode is directed by Ron Hugart, written by Bill Odenkirk, and it stars, as almost every episode of Futurama does, Billy West, Katie Segal, John DiMaggio, Phil Lamar, and this episode has a special cameo by Coolio. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know about you, but like hmm. I always knew Coolio from all that. That was my exposure to Coolio as a child. Oh, mine was, I mean, mine was his album. Uh, well, yeah, well, I guess, I guess that's fine too. Fantastic Voyage. Um, I, that's how I knew everyone when I was a child was from all that. It introduced I, me to like everything. I don't remember him being on all that. Was he like a regular on it or? Well, no, he was one of the musical guests. He oh, was the first musical oh. guest. Yes, that's right. Yeah, because they they really did that show. They really did a good. That's job. how I knew. That's how I knew Salt and Pepper. Mm. Uh, like that's that's that was a uh, a lot of music that I hadn't been exposed to before. I loved it. Yeah, they did. They, like the early, uh, the the early episodes of that show were really good at being like kids SNL, like a kids yes. variety sketch show with and then musical guests. Keenan Thompson and like, got to be on both. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, yes, so Coolio is in this episode. Sorry, little uh, diversion. <laughs> no, no, no. That's we're going to talk a little bit about Coolio when we get there. Um, and the this is uh, every episode of Futurama starts with in the opening credits. There's like a little gag at the bottom, and this one I wrote down was this episode performed entirely by sock puppets. Yeah. Um, do you do you have a favorite one of those? I don't. Do you? 
I do. It's beats a hard kick to the face. <laughs> Excellent. I, I, when I first watched this show, for some reason, I thought that like those were always a, an actual promise or like an actual like thing that was going to happen. Um, so I did for a very brief second think or get my hopes up that this episode might actually be entirely the form puppets. of sock puppets. Oh, um, <laughs> which one I, day, I will say, day. I would love to see that version of the episode. Um, start a Patreon, have a Patreon goal, and I will help you perform this with sock puppets. <laughs> I bet you could do it entirely from memory. I pretty much can do most of this episode from memory. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Uh, let's get into, let's get into the episode. So it starts out with a news sec, uh, news segment, which is one of my favorite things that happens on Futurama, um, when they cut to the two news anchors and they're talking about the polar bear club that is jumping into a river of liquid ammonia. <laughs> there were no tradition. survivors. <laughs> <laughs> Um, actually, Peter, uh, help me out with the names of those two anchors. Oh, that's Linda and Morbo. Linda and Morbo. Thank you. Um, yes, you, I brought so I brought Peter on. I, I specifically asked Peter to be a guest on this episode because, uh, and I gave him I gave him first choice of which Xmas episode he wanted to cover because, as you'll find out listening to him, uh, Peter has an encyclopedic knowledge of all things Futurama. Um, would that include all things Simpsons as well? Uh, the great majority of the Simpsons up to the, when the show started really going off the rails, like season 17 or so, pretty much anything mm. before that is encyclopedic. Like Simpsons seasons, at least seasons three through 10, if not okay. 11 and 12, I have pretty much like, it's embarrassing how much I know about this show. And with Futurama, it's primarily seasons one through four. Because mm. um, I know I watch all the, the other ones... Yeah, I've, like any of the movies I'm pretty okay with, but the original four seasons, I started watching Futurama in college. And my friends, I, this was my first episode of Futurama ever. This is oh, the episode wow. that got me into it. Um, and I just, we watched those four episodes all the time. We used to like, when we would get drunk, we'd want to all watch an episode and we'd pick a number between one and four. And that would be which season we were going to watch. Then another number between one and four, which would be which a disc we were going to watch. And then another number between one and four, which would be the episode we were going to watch. That's fun. It was a whole big thing. And then one time, of course, we said, pick a number two, one and four. My best friend said five. <laughs> and it felt very fry to us. He was like, he was the fry of our room. Uh, the, the, just as like a slight aside, would you say that, um, that Futurama like had kind of a dip in quality the way that The Simpsons did? Because I feel yeah. like because it was shorter it didn't have as it didn't get ever get as low as the simpsons was able to get yeah the 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 low was never as low because the i mean the first it didn't have like nine perfect seasons like the simpsons did like you had four what i think are pretty much four flawless perfect seasons mm -hmm. um where even your worst episode is like a c plus on any other show um it's 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 pretty pretty um pretty solid and even the movies kept getting better i think like Benner's score wasn't my favorite, um, but I felt Beast of Two Backs was definitely better than that. And then Benner's game was so good. And then uh, Wild Green Yonder was, well, not the, I think the best was still pretty damn solid and a great finale for the show if that's where they ended it. And then when they brought it back, I felt like they were trying a little too hard, but it wasn't as aggressive as when Simpsons just stopped caring about what the point of the show was in the first place. 
I agree with that. And I would say that the final season of Futurama, like I, I, I feel like the biggest dip was like right before they decided to end it. But once yeah. they decided that the final season was going to be it and they committed to that, yes. I really thought some of those episodes in the last season were some of the best, some of the most I, beautiful and like um, said the most about what the show was always uh, kind of under the surface, under all of the humor the philosophy of the show is always getting at and oh like, yeah this well, this show is always so much smarter because you have like people like david x cohen who just like actually care about these big big questions mm-hmm. and you have such these beautiful emotional beats played in this wild space nonsense yeah there were so many so many episodes in that final season where the fi- that final season like there were so many episodes where like it was very clear this is our send off to this character. This is the last time you're going to see this character. In some cases, they 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 definitively died by the end of the episode. Right. Um, but I really I like that they just committed to that. This is the end, and this is the last time you're going to see them. Um, but this is this is an early episode. This is from when the, yeah. the show was at its peak. So let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Um, so we started talking about the the new segment at the beginning, and then the Which head of Walter. Hmm? I was about to say. I think this is the debut of the head of Walter Cronkite. Yeah, the head of Walter Cronkite comes out to warn everybody uh, about about Santa because Christmas in this version of the future is basically the purge. Um, are you familiar with the purge movies? <laughs> oh, of course I am. Yeah, so for, for 24 hours, everyone has to basically barricade themselves indoors, um, hide away from all of the chaos because Santa is coming and he has a list of everyone who is naughty and everyone who is even more naughty uh, and he's going to kill them all. <laughs> yep. Say goodbye to your pets. <laughs> <laughs> um, so everyone's like kind of locking down and uh, uh, Professor Farnsworth is warning everybody, you know, this uh, that he's he's leading the efforts to lock down the lab, um, the, uh, the Planet Express uh, building. building. And uh, but he tells everyone they have a job delivering sacks of letters to Santa's death fortress on Neptune. Ah, yes. Classic. Classic Christmas tradition. <laughs> so in the um, in the first Xmas episode, it's kind of all about like Fry wants to um, he wants to restore the Christmas that he remembers. And he, he's sort of like lamenting that, you know, everything is different. There's no pi- the pine trees all went extinct mm-hmm. uh, and they have to cut down like um, uh, palm trees instead. With and the lasers and not with the axe. With the laser axe. <laughs> so in this one, it's like it's his mission to basically to take back Christmas from Santa because uh, he survived the horror of the first purge of Xmas. <laughs> um, so is this, so is this what, was, what was the second one? Election year, anarchy. I can't remember which was the what was the purge two. That's what the, the purge two. I think was anarchy because that was the best one. That was the one where it actually showed the premise of the movie. Like the first one was just a home invasion movie. Um, yeah. Which was cool and, and like fun, but the second one showed like the chaos that you imagined when he's actually the outside during it. Yeah, yeah, I think that one's anarchy. And this, and this anarchy. And this one, where yeah, an, uh, an election year has my love, Elizabeth Mitchell. Um, mm-hmm. But this one is like, yeah, it's like on the ground. It's like you're you're not just inside with everyone. You are seeing what's going on outside. Yep. Uh, and so in this one, they are going to Neptune and. <laughs> Um, we find out that the elves are actually tiny Neptonians uh, who are malnourished by Santa, and that's why they are all so small. They are. We're just sure because he doesn't feed us. 
Um, so then we, there's like a number of like cutaway gags, like there is in every, everything that Matt Groening does. Uh, so as they're going through this Neptunian town, there are the jingle bell barking dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they confront Santa. Um, so let's talk about robot Santa a bit. Uh, first of all, Peter, I think I asked you last time you were on the show, we did a dinosaur movie and I think I asked you my big question that I always ask every guest, what is a dinosaur? This time I get to, I get the opportunity to ask you the other big question because we're talking about a robot. Um, what is a robot in your own words? What is a robot? The general idea of a robot, I think is like, it's a, it's an automated something that has the ability to do something on its own, like with some type of programming. Uh, that in, in the most basic terms, that's what I would think of as a robot. Okay. Um, this uh, Futurama has a lot of robots. Yes. Uh, Bender is, I would say, a, even though he's one of the main characters, and that's and it's a rare thing for the main character to actually be one of the best characters. Like usually, the side characters are like the scene stealers and things like that. I think Bender is the best character on Futurama and the best robot character on Futurama. Agree or disagree? Uh, I I love Bender. Professor Farnsworth is my favorite character on this show. Okay. Um, but uh, I think Bender as a robot, yes. And that is do a lot to DiMaggio's voice work. Because there's, I love the robot devil. I love like things like Hedonism Bot. Um, but yeah, Bender at, his, at the end of the day has like, has such weird heart to him. Again, like DiMaggio's delivery is always so goddamn phenomenal. Um, and it just, it brings a lot to making you absolutely love Bender no matter what he's doing. It does. Um, and I was honestly surprised that uh, watching, re-watching this episode and we re-watching the first Exodus episode, it was a genuine surprise to me that the Santa bot was not John Goodman. Uh, I, I was like, I was convinced when I was watching it, oh, wow, they got John Goodman for these holiday episodes. And then I looked it up and it's John DiMaggio just doing it. Well, it's, well, it's good. No, it's Goodman the first time. Goodman does him in the first episode. Wait, it is? Yeah, Goodman does him in Xmas Story. Oh, so that's why. Okay, so that's why I have yeah, that he's do, he's doing, DiMaggio's doing a Goodman voice in this one. That's amazing. Because, yeah, I didn't look it up until I watched this second episode. And I was like, man, I'm really, I'm really convinced they got John Goodman for two they holiday did. episodes. The first time but they got him for one, and now, and then John DiMaggio's, de- he's doing such a good impression of John mm-hmm. Goodman. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, man, yeah. If I hadn't looked it up, I would have just, I would have just <laughs> credited John Goodman, and I would have been half right, but not yes. for this particular episode. Um, but yeah, it's it's an incredible voice. It's incredible how it's different from Bender and um, even though it's the same person doing the same voice, doing the voice. Because Bender has that, like he has a weirdly high voice and it has like, so that the attitude with it and Robot Santa is just, it's it's more like it goes in like this. And then it just, it it feels bigger and like it feels fatter and it feels like it's going to like shoot a rocket gun at your face and break your arm. Yeah, ben, Bender, the way I would describe Bender's voice is like, he talks the way I would imagine Babe Ruth would talk if I, <laughs> if I met him in person. That's he's good, like, that's good. Yeah, he like has the slang of like an old-timey baseball player and like the crassness of an oh, old-timey yeah. baseball oh, player. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the confidence uh, of an old-timey baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I love when he gets to be like really, like weirdly um, 
self-conscious. I love those, those little dichotomies uh, within Bender. Yeah, we get actually one of my favorite of those like Bender self-conscious uh, moments in this episode. It's later on when, um, uh, well, we should, co- we should cover the actual plot, but it's later on when yeah. he is um, <laughs> trying to get down a, uh, a fire. God, why can't I think of words? A chimney. chimney. He's trying to get down the chimney, um, somebody's fireplace. And, and the, the, it's covered in bars. And he's like, he's just talking to himself. Gee, Bender, how you going to get through those bars? Oh, I don't know. going to bend them, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, yeah. So Leela, Fry, and Bender, they they confront Robot Santa. Um, and Leela comes up with the plan that they, because he's a robot, they can trick him into a logical paradox, mm-hmm. which will shut him down. So she says, uh, you know, you are program, and this is all covered in the first um, Xmas episode, like how Santa, robot Santa came to be this maniacal murder machine. Um, but Leela uh, says, you are programmed to destroy the naughty, uh, but you, many of the people that you destroy are actually nice, so that makes you naughty, so you have to destroy yourself. I will add probably one of my absolute favorite Katie Seagal deliveries as they're saying, I submit to you. Yeah, like they're just, <laughs> she is such an underrated voice actor on this show. Some of she her really deliveries is. just have those like, God, you're good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, sorry, she, I'm going to interrupt you a lot doing things like that during this. No, episode. you should. There's, it's we're just having a conversation. Feel free to interrupt me at any time because I'm just. Don't you, know, you worry. I'm a little. Searching. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a son of a. I'm going to just interrupt you whenever <laughs> I want. Um, no, I agree. Katie Seagal is fantastic. Uh, the only other thing she she has been in a lot of things, especially as a voice actor. Um, but the only other like big thing that comes to mind immediately that listeners might know Katie Seagal from is, of course, Peg Bundy on uh, uh, Married with Children. Married with Children. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait. No. Isn't she on Sons of Anarchy? That's another like she's Sons of Anarchy. She, did, she was right? on A Simple Rules for years. She okay. um, she was I, I still am shocked that she was on Lost for like 10 episodes. Oh, um, yeah. I don't even remember her on Lost. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, she's, she's been such a pop culture thing and like her voice work is, is really, really great. I can't remember who she used to, she like toured doing background singing for somebody. And I can't remember. That's what I always loved that she was like an actual like tour performer in someone's, Mm. um, someone's band. I'll look it up while we talk. Okay. Bob Dylan. No, no shit. That's amazing. She's a backup singer for Bob Dylan. Cool. That's that's really cool. I've never I've never seen an episode of Sons of Anarchy, and that's why it didn't come to mind. But I know that that show was huge when it was on. Yes, uh, and she was so, playing very against what everyone assumed her type was. What do you mean by that? Like her, like the character is very different from Peg Bundy, which is very and is very different from Leela, and very different. It's it was like very um, for again, watched like maybe two episodes of it, but like was very hard and and me in it and you know not not the typical comedy that we had come to expect from katie seagal so like leela in real life if leela didn't also have like a like a humor to her yeah it'd be it'd be like dystopian leela without the without the comedy dystopian. <laughs> um all right so they uh so they attempt this logical paradox on robot santa but it doesn't work because, well, it does sort of work. It crushes his head. It makes his head explode. But then right. yeah. a new head pops out and he lets them know, ha ha, 
I have anti-paradox. My head is equipped with anti-paradox crumple zones. Yeah, paradox absorbing crumple zones. Paradox absorbing crumple zones. I'm so, I literally just watched this episode and listen, I was writing listen, stuff down. And Lou, Lou, he, yeah. I love you so much. This is just this is this is how my awful brain works. And the, this is the things that it chooses to to retain. No, again, this is why you're the perfect co-host for this. I can't tell you the Sixth Amendment, but I know what paradox-observing crumple zones are. <laughs> yeah, but how, I mean, how often in your life are you challenged? On a date, to... I'm not talking about the Sixth Amendment, but I need to know that someone yeah. I'm dating likes Futurama. Exactly, exactly. It's a much better gauge for, for someone's personality. <laughs> uh, so, they... Um, so the, this, they have a chase through the factory. Uh, he's Somehow Santa has nuts. <laughs> Santa has nuts? Somehow when Bender puts the toy soldiers up and, oh, and Santa like, drops down on them. That's later, that's later. Leela, do, Leela does that, actually. Leela does, okay. Hey, yeah, hey, you got me. You got, got me, you, on you got me. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, but like... <laughs> when they're running through the factory and they're like yeah. running over the conveyor belt. And uh, I think this is where it had one of my favorite jokes where the conveyor belt, yes, the, con- <laughs> no, it, this comes later. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like they're running, they're jumping over the toy soldiers and Leela put, put, puts one of them up. Uh, and yeah, you're right. I guess robot Santa does have nuts and yeah. Cause he like reacts into it and goes, ouch. Um, okay. So then, all right. So then just like sidebar about robots then um, mm. how would, do you think robot Santa like has, do you think he's anatomically built that way because that's how robots procreate? I, you know what? It's one of those things where they, I I will take this as from a different episode, but this leads to whenever they introduce something that like seems like it shouldn't make sense when uh, the fire accidentally starts under the water in the, um, in the uh, episode with the, uh, with the mermaids mm-hmm. and Ben Hermes just says that just raises further questions to me. That's what all of this is. It's like, there's just going to be like, I don't really care at the end of the day that much, as long as it's yeah. funny. Yeah. And, and in a, in a nut gag with a robot, he's like, sure. <laughs> I can, I can buy that at some point he probably made them for himself. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, no, there's a lot of one-off jokes that exist just to be a punchline and they, they might establish something for the rest of that episode, but later episodes will often, you know, it doesn't matter because that was just a one-off joke. And yeah, it's like how Simpsons, it's the, what do they call the rubber band reality where Mm -hmm. it exists in this one context, but can easily just be pulled back later. Actually, the last Xmas episode had an example of that. Where um, when when Bender or when Fry is calling it Christmas, Leela says, "Oh, you're using an archaic pronunciation, like when you say ask instead of axe." And then well, her no, next they, line, they use that. They use axe throughout the series. They do. Oh, that stays. Okay. That stays. They actually really commit to that bit. Or Fry, let me ask you a question, and you notice it like when they do it in future episodes, they stick to that bit. Oh, that's fantastic! Because I actually had a note about that um, where. Original, the original spelling of that word was actually AKS. Uh, oh. The first, the first appearance of it in the English language is uh, something that Chaucer wrote in like the 15th century, and oh, it's spelled AKS every time. So, axe has actually only turned into uh, ask because it was originally axe, and now mm-hmm. I guess in the Futurama future, 
um, it's gone back to its original pronunciation. <laughs> Good to know, Chaucer's awesome still around in the future. Oh yeah, yeah, it's one of those fun little bits where like, I don't, I think specifically with Katie Seagal's like, it's, it's X a lot, yeah. Oh, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, Okay, so then, uh, so they they cha- they have a chase through the factory, and uh, they end up running, and they get back into their ship, and they're about to escape, but then Robot Santa grabs onto their jets, um, and which melts the ice underneath his feet, just enough for him to fall down, and the ice to freeze around his head, and they trap Santa. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then the little elf goes and kicks him in the head. <laughs> yes, uh, and they. They decide, Fry decides, this is his chance to save Xmas. Um, and he's going to take all the toys and deliver them to all of the all of the kids around the world, all the billions of kids all around the world. And Santa mocks him and laughs and says, there's no way that a human, one human could do that in one night. Um, so they, uh, so he says, yes, Santa's right. Or Bender, Bender says, yep, Santa's right. We need some kind of robot. Oh crap. Oh, I'm crap. Some kind of robot. I'm so <laughs> um and uh, I think Santa tells him that uh he's not built to Yuletide specifications. I, you are so he'll never be able to make it. Um but they decide to do it anyway while Santa is frozen in the ice. Well, and, the, uh, he says I wasn't built to steal Leela's purse, but that didn't stop me. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh do I have this in the right order? Is this when they get the elves to go back to work, or did that happen before this scene? No, that happens now because they realize okay. that they need to start making the toys if they're going to have Christmas. Okay. And so they sing, is this your favorite uh, this holiday is, song? This um, is my favorite. Every year I send uh, a picture of a screenshot of this to my three best friends from college with the uh, moment of the elves saying we're adequate. Or yeah. we're adequate, which it was always like our tagline for us in college. <laughs> uh, but this is a uh, fun, wonderful, zippy little song. And it was like back when Futurama would do like one song a season and this was, or one song yeah, per season. And this was the one for the season. It's, it's really good. Um, the, the, it also has two of my favorite visual gags in the episode. One is they're building all the toys. And one of the toys, instead of Lincoln Logs, is Clinton Logs. <laughs> Uh, and the other gag is um, there. There's a line in the song. You might be able to help me out with the actual line where they talk about how they have to like increase production by making everybody work by increasing like the speed of everything to triple. Um, and they go to uh, slow fast Lucy. Slow fast and yeah, the 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 factory machines have three settings: slow fast and Lucy. That is, um, yeah, yeah. Um, oh God, I'm trying to think what that line is i'll remember it i'll remember it um so they was, oh they, god go ahead sorry uh so yeah actually i don't remember i don't remember how that sequence ends because everything just uh, it ends <laughs> with, uh, with with well because it ends with uh them with bender getting he gets spray painted and he gets put in there because he's threatening them um do you want the kids to think the santa's just a crummy empty-handed jerk and he punches and kicks them <laughs> especially yaps them back to work um <laughs> Um, but that's the, that's the whole last part of that song. If anyone just go on YouTube and listen to it, cause it's phenomenal. Um, cause that's, that's what starts as we are getting up for the tired and we can't work any faster and we're very, very sorry. Why are you selfish little bastards? <laughs> and so that starts, it's, it's, you know, it's lovingly threatening the elves to work and then yeah. they go home to get drunk and, um, 
uh, uh, Bender is able to take off. Sorry, it's a lot of uh, stammering. But Bender takes off and he throws a couple presents in the air and they explode. And he goes on his way to start delivering yep. the toys. He goes on his way. And that, that's when we get uh, this one of these great Bender moments where he's like looking at the bars uh, covering the chimney. And he's like, gee, Bender. Yeah. Gonna... And this is like, there. there's... Um, Bender is... Uh, does John... John DiMaggio also does the voice of Homer on The Simpsons, right? No, that's Dan Castellaneta, who usually does Robot Devil. Oh, he does. Okay. Does Dan Castellaneta do any other voices on Futurama? I think primarily Robot Devil, probably others, and I'm going to get it wrong. But in this episode, he wasn't available, so they had Maurice LaMarche do it for that one line that he has. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Okay. I... I think there are a lot of similarities between the two characters, uh, between between Bender and Homer. Like sometimes mm. they're very stupid in the same ways, um, but Bender being a robot makes him like he's stupid. Like if he was a person, he'd be really stupid. But because he's a robot, sometimes he just has I don't know encyclopedic knowledge about certain things or like things that he's programmed to know. Um, and this is one of these moments, like like Homer Simpson gets a lot of these moments on The Simpsons where his brain is sort of talking to him and he's sort of oh, having yeah. a dialogue back and forth with his brain that is only slightly smarter than him somehow. Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't know, I like, I, maybe I'm just going to cut this all out because <laughs> it's not really saying anything. <laughs> but this is like, this, this made me think of one of those moments, but it's like a reason, it's an example of how Bender is not Homer. Um, Bender is not really stupid at the end of the day. He's just, what's the word? He's, well, he's got apathetic. Well, no, cause he cares. That, see, that was the, what, when the show got into trouble is when they, that's the era that's called like when they had jerk ass Homer, who was just dumb and stupid for the sake of it and not for, you know, he had a heart that he was just, he just, you know, made a lot of missteps and he just didn't know how to like, you know, engage properly with, with what was going on, but he wasn't like a complete asshole. Mm-hmm. And then later seasons, he was just a jerk for no reason. Um, and Bender, again, Bender has that heart behind all of it, which he can be a jerk, but he's still going to try to like save the turtles. Uh, you know, he, he picks and chooses where he, when he decides to care, but it's, but he does care. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. I guess, I guess Homer is more like Michael Scott on the office where he's like, He's stupid, but he means well. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Typically, he means well, and like he's he's goofy and lovable. Otherwise, people wouldn't love him as much as they do, like in the town. Like they think yeah. he's dumb, but like it's also no one stays mad at home. Yeah, yeah. Even though he until causes the movie, until the movie, but you know, yeah, devastation and tons of property damage, and occasionally kills people uh, with a t-shirt cannon. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Ooh, what a rough season that was. <laughs> uh, so this is actually, this leads up to this whole sequence of Bender delivering presents and um, the first house that he does get into when he bends the bars to get inside. <laughs> uh, the, the family is like prepared for Santa invading They're their home. they ready to take suicide pills. <laughs> <laughs> the mother is telling the children to take suicide pills. They, and they've practiced this. They've drilled yeah. this all year. They've, yeah. They're ready. Uh, so this family is ready to um, ready to kill themselves. Ready to, and like 
uh, they desperately fight off Santa, Santa Bender, uh, and he goes running off. Um, and this is during the sequence. This is when he meets uh, the character that Coolio plays, which is Quanzabot. Quanzabot, who um, f- has a flying canoe. <laughs> I noticed, <laughs> uh, and he is going around giving the giving all of the the children of the world their favorite Kwanzaa present. Uh, a book called "What the Hell is Kwanzaa." <laughs> And and it's the brief uh, first mention of the Hanukkah zombie who we don't see until Bender's big score. Oh, do we? We see what is the Hanukkah zombie? I don't remember that. The Hanukkah zombie is voiced by Mark Hamill, <gasps> and he uh, they have a song together when they are going to fight the scammers, and uh, it's called "This Trinity's Going to War," and it's the three of them: Kwanzaa, Robot Santa, and the Hanukkah zombie are getting together, and the Hanukkah zombie has a Tie Fighter <laughs> that oh, he flies man. around in. I vaguely remember. Oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah. Maybe. There, there, there's a musical number featuring Don, John DiMaggio, Coolio, and Mark Hamill. That's incredible. Maybe, maybe I need to add that to the list and do that as like the final, uh, the the way uh, like the cap off to these episodes. Um, we'll cover Bender's big score uh, since I there completely forgot that it has that song in it. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so yeah, this is the first mention of Hanukkah Zombie. It's it's another news segment, right? They say like the Hanukkah Zombie is still at large. No, Hanukkah Zombie is, is uh, there. Uh, Coolio mentions him because uh, they're going to uh, a luau at the B'nai B'rith. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So then, um, man, it's, it's, oh, it's so challenging to do like a cartoon plot because everything. Well, so, well, so it, then it goes to when he goes to, um, oh God, who, who's the old lady? I never remember what her name is. I don't remember her name. I know exactly what you're talking about. Because um, he, uh, oh, Petunia, Petunia. Mm-hmm. And she gets him she with a flamethrower. She offers some the cookies, cookies and it's a mousetrap. Yep. What's in these and, things? <laughs> 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 and then, yeah, and then she chases him off with a flamethrower. And then um, that's when he throws the, uh, throws the toys uh, down the sewer. Yes, yes. And the goes, right, 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 it's right next to the Toys for Tots bin. <laughs> and the mutant sewer girl comes out and says, "This is giving us some. Uh, this is setting an impossible beauty standard." Yeah, um, with her Barbie doll. Um, and then I wrote this line down, but I can't, I just don't remember the transition into the scene. Where Farnsworth is uh, <laughs> is like frustrated with somebody, and he says, "Yes, yes, yes." You sound like a broken MP3. Yes, that's when Leela is telling him. Now remember, Professor. Sing- and her bender is Santa. He's like, yes, yes. And then he comes in and he shoots him. Oh, yes, yes. Professor, so have, yeah, don't they... you remember what I told you? No. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's one of the running gags is they have to, is Professor Farnsworth has has a several hundred years old person's memory um, and will literally forget something three seconds later. Like He also has a shotgun in this one. <laughs> that he uses quite liberally. This is not the first mm-hmm. time in this episode he shoots Bender with a shotgun. <laughs> uh, he shoots Bender, and then Bender is taken to famous original Ray's Superior Court for trial. Featuring one of my uh, favorite characters of all time uh, in some of my favorite lines of all of Futurama, and that is the Hyper Chicken. Hyper Chicken. Um, I just wrote down Giant Bird Lawyer. lawyer. Uh, yeah, that's the, hyper, that's the hyper chicken. 
Hyper Chicken, um, and also Judge Whitey presiding. <laughs> and yeah. uh, we get another one of our robots in this episode that's a frequent character, the police bot. Um, does he have a name? Uh, well, there's the two of them. There's the one that, oh, no, no, sorry, it's just the one because the other is a human. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the human one is like, basically it's, looks like Billy if West Fry was him. a police officer. Yeah, and it's not one of Billy West's best, uh, you know, different voices. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much just sounds like Fry. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember if the other one has a voice or has a name. He uh, definitely, sure definitely has a great know. voice. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, they, they, so they think that they... Oh, heard. URL is his name. URL. Does that, what is so that the, 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 the one's name is Smitty. The other is URL. Uh, let's see. It's pronounced Earl. Of course, it's pronounced Earl. Earl. That's right. perfect. I'm getting, I'm getting some of this info from the, ins, the infosphere.org, which is the, uh, the Futurama sort of wiki. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they uh, have, I forget how, but they corner, um, they corner Bender in an alley. And, oh, no, it's, they don't well, they, they do They find anything. him on the street when it's, he's, when he's throwing out the toys. Yeah. yeah. He, after he throws out the toys, he sits down and, and it's like, and oh, it's his... time for me to unscrew the top of my Christmas, Xmas present. Yeah. Uh, and he starts drinking a bottle of liquor, liquor leaned up against the dumpster. Um, and cause that's where Bender is happiest. And yeah, the Earl and uh, what's the other police officer's name? Uh, Smitty. Earl and Smitty round the corner and Earl is like, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> looks like a promotion for me. And a juicy rehiring of the force back, back out of the force for me. <laughs> um, so they arrest him and they take him to, to famous original Ray's superior court and they uh, immediately find him guilty. Um, this is the second time Professor Farnsworth shoots him with a shotgun in court. It's phenomenal. It's so good. And so but this also take, has the uh, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. This also has what? Oh, well, I'm just saying it's it's the hyper chicken uh, with uh, the little girl Pramila in the witness box, mm-hmm. and uh, I think one of the greatest random lines from Futurama is after he scares her is Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you was corn. <laughs> <laughs> now would you point to that dare robot over there? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is, is uh it's it's great it's great can you can you i i highly doubt that anybody who's listening to this has never seen futurama or hasn't watched this episode but for in just in case there's somebody who hasn't yes can you explain what hyper chicken is uh the hyper chicken is like a a six foot tall parody of like an old southern lawyer he's got like the pocket watch and the vests and it speaks in like the old southern drawl uh, and it's just, he's, he's very like patrician and all that, but he's also a bird He's a chicken. And so when he comes back to his thing, he's got a little suitcase full of, full of little baby chicks, you know, which is a line that I've said, I say far too often when I am like asking if I've done a good job, which is that it done good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's essentially just like a parody of, of, you know, at some point later in another episode, he's, Someone goes in for legal help, but he's also behind bars at that moment, mm-hmm. you know, facing an incompetence trial. So, uh, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is a show where you can have like the hyper chicken and yeah. it is a perfectly normal character. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I loved how Futurama, like The Simpsons was really great in its in its early years. And then it felt like Futurama was like this this sandbox that Mark uh, that Matt Groening gave himself so that he could do anything that came yeah. to his imagination. And yeah, this is definitely a great example of that, of him having that freedom. And this is what he does with it. That's phenomenal. Uh, so they take they take Bender to prison and uh, they they're like walking him down to his cell and they're like deactivated robot walking deactivated robot walking here. Um, he passes by a sailor bot who tells him, hey, when you see the robot devil, tell him I'm a coming. And uh, two cells down is the robot devil. <laughs> I heard him. <laughs> Oh, uh, so you're, so that character, the robot devil, you said earlier, that is normally Dan Castellaneta. It's normally Dan Castellaneta. He, yep, and so they had Maurice Lamarche, who is a great utility player on this show, um, does uh, does that one little line reading. Okay, because the robot devil is such a specific voice, which I have done for Arbar before. I've done the robot devil, mm-hmm. um, but his his cadences and his laughs are just so purely like when Dan Castellaneta goes crazy. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Um, they, uh, so then, uh, yep. So that's a good, like one-off gag. And then, um, Leela and Fry, uh, decide that they have to bring the real Santa back in order to prove Bender's innocence. Mm -hmm. Um, but Bender is going to be executed by the Magnexecutioner. Good old Um, Maggie. (laughs) Good old Maggie. Uh, and the mayor himself is going to flip the switch. And uh, the switch, this is one of my favorite things. (laughs) When this random number generator reaches zero. Oh, it's so good. Negative eight. (laughs) Because it's like. Is it three again? (laughs) Three. Three again? (laughs) Hey, zero. (laughs) Absolutely terrifying. I don't know why that out of everything else in this episode just kills me the most, but it's, it's so funny. It's so ridiculously Very funny. Very much agree. Oh, good Lord. Um, and this is when, <laughs> this, is when <laughs> this is when the episode remembers that there are other characters on the show. It uh, attempted Spartacus. Me. Yeah. And they do like the Spartacus bit where they all were Hermes and uh, Farnsworth Amy and, and Amy Franz, yeah. all show and up then. wearing Santa outfits, and Zoidberg comes through. And what does Zoidberg dress as? And I'm his friend Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and then again, when uh, when the mayor is like, "Hey, you're not Santa. You're not even robots. How dare you lie in front of Jesus?" <laughs> like I love like the humans can't be robots but the lobster can be Jesus <laughs> it is a line that means nothing that is mm-hmm. it is it is it is the like the epitome of the kind of humor that Futurama just like excels at yeah there's also there's also like another typical Futurama gag and I would say like a typical Leela line and it's like one of these examples of what what, what Katie Seagal does perfectly where they're like oh if we don't get um if we don't if we don't get the real robot Santa if we don't prove Bender's innocence it's going to ruin everybody's Xmas especially Bender's yes yes it's a Christmas will be ruined for everybody especially for Bender 
and that's when they find out that all of the Neptunians are. <laughs> I just, I just love that they're just like little queer couples. It's my favorite thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Is that this is their chance to finally be themselves. They got their breezy short shorts. And they're yeah. living on it, just like they're finally on vacation after a long, long life of work. <laughs> uh, so they, so they go, um, but when they go to thaw out robot Santa, uh, unfortunately, because of global warming, um, the from the factory, the the ice starts to melt immediately as soon as they like take him out of in a block of ice, um, which I guess their entire plan was to bring him frozen in a block of ice back to court. Again, it's like one of those ones that you're like, this isn't a, a plot moment. We're just going to, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's expedience. It's the next thing that has to happen for the next yes. thing to happen, basically. Yeah, but, um, but, but no it, one's it, mad about it. It's a cartoon, so. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, the ice melts, Robot Santa escapes, but he um, crashes through the walls uh, of the of Maggie and destroys Ma the mag's execute mag execute magnexecutioner executioner the executioner just before it kills Bender and and in um, a really great piece of animation because it's getting him on both sides and you see like Bender getting pulled apart and then when he breaks in the one side Bender like flips to same magnet so it's a really cool like just little animation bet. That is cool. I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't catch that on the first watch, but that is a cool, that is a really cool. I, I appreciate when like they do a little bit of effects with hand-drawn animation and um, really like push the limits of what they can do. Yeah. Cause this show, I mean, this show definitely used a lot of CGI, but like they use fairly seamlessly, like with the hand-drawn, mm -hmm. like you can tell what's computer, but it doesn't feel wrong. It does the Beauty and the Beast uh, CGI yeah. thing a lot where, yeah, it yep. does that like 3D perspective and the camera sort of going top down. Right. And, but yeah, it's still, still hand-drawn, baby. Yep. Um, so Z is Robot Santa uh, decides that he wanted, to, he wanted to break Bender out because he's running out of time to make Xmas, all of, to complete his Xmas duties. And so he needs Bender's help. Um, and so <laughs> this is when, uh, uh, and Fry is watching and he yells, don't do it. He's evil. Uh, and then Santa turns and says, yes, I know he is, <laughs> but I have no other choice. I have no choice. <laughs> oh, and he asks Bender, won't you join my slaying tonight? And well, tis the season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Bender goes off on a killing spree with, Robot Santa. Well, uh, more destruction then... spray. Santa does his killing. Bender's just more on the destruction side. Okay. But that's, that's but that poor little girl still gets the bike thrown at her. <laughs> no, he gets uh she gets the bike shot at her from his bike gun. Yes, yes, yes. And you see just she's already got the cast on. <laughs> God, I love it. Oh. What was the because that that was one of the letters to Santa earlier in the episode. Yeah, the other the one was girl, the, um, um with um my arm still hurts from the from the bike you threw at me last year. So she gets the bike hit twice. And mm -hmm. then the guy who, um, the little boy whose grandfather was choked with a chestnut and is still still in the house. Well, he's, yeah, the letter to Santa is he's asking for a coffin for this for Christmas. Coffin. Because, because last year you choked, you choked grandpa. <laughs> with a chestnut and he's starting to smell a lot like Xmas, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, so there, so Bender and Robot Santa are on their evil uh, night of destruction and mayhem. 
and Fry and Professor Farnsworth and Leela and Hermes and Zoidberg and Amy uh, sit around. And La Barbara, and, she's there even though she doesn't talk. Oh, La Barbara is there, that's right. Um, they sit around the Planet Express, huddling in fear together. Like lace in a burning wig. <laughs> <laughs> and they talk about, uh, Fry is, is again sad because he, he feels like he failed. He, he did not restore the original true meaning of Xmas, um, which was to bring people together. But then they realize that fear actually did bring them all together in the end. Yeah, it's very heartwarming. It is very heartwarming. Uh, so, Peter, um, you said this is like Wait, one of your... The episode that ends with Bender getting kicked out of the slip. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. Uh, do, uh, so they have like the fear brought us together bit. And then what was the final sequence? The final sequence is uh, Santa giving Bender a present. Um, you know, so it's very, you know, it's heartfelt and it's nothing. And when Bender protests, says, oh, the package is small, but the message is clear. Play Santa again and I'll kill you next year. It kicks him out of the sled and then goes off in his destruction as Bender falls into the flames. Yeah, it's like a kind of like a Hans Gruber um, death yeah. for Bender. Yeah, just, <laughs> and it's just very, it's, 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 uh, it's a Futurama Christmas is what it is. Mm. They don't, and they don't... Uh, not that not that the continuity of this actually matters, but they don't show Bender like landing on him. No, he just falls, getting rescued. No, he, no, like nope, he just yeah. his his last shot is that, and then Santa flies up through the air. A few more like bomb presents, and boom, you're done. Okay, cool. And then and then Bender's just back in the next episode. It's fine. Of course he is, because he's a it's robot. Fine. He survives yeah. everything. It's fine. Well, I mean, but but the show does establish that robots can die and go to robot hell. Sure. Yeah. So. <laughs> but that's also just like you can get to robot hell just by going through that door in New Jersey. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, so, uh, Peter, I have uh, there's this is a section of the podcast. This is kind of, this is new. We didn't have this last time you were on last year. Um, this is called Lose Big Three. Lose Big Three, it's you and me. We're going to have fun with Lose Big Three. Uh, so that was the incomparable Ryan Lawler uh, <laughs> introducing Lose Big Three. Uh, so, Lose Big Three. Um, so these are just three big questions that I had uh, after watching this episode for you, Peter. Um, Hit me. Lose Big Three, number one. What the hell is Kwanzaa? Um, it's, well, I mean, you know in all this time, you know, that given that book out for about 460 something years, still don't know. Still don't know. Um, I don't know either. I need that. I need a copy of that book. <laughs> you ask first, I'm like, Oh God. I'm like my own, my honestly, like my exposure to Kwanzaa was like a, a bunch of episodes on general hospital in 1994. Yeah. And that's, that's I, I think we all need a sort of a refresher on, on the holiday. Yeah, essentially in pop culture, what Kwanzaa is, is, uh, quote unquote, like that weird holiday that's like the day after Christmas. It happens around Christmas time, but nobody actually knows what it is. Um, but in reality, a lot of people actually do celebrate Kwanzaa. Yeah, first um, celebrated in 1966, I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's a, basically it's an annual celebration of African-American culture. 
I've never celebrated it, so I'm not really qualified to speak on the details of what it is, but... Um, but we can ask, what the hell is Kwanzaa? But we can ask, what the hell is Kwanzaa? Uh, all right, so Lulu, <laughs> three. number two, maybe we will have an answer for this. Um, if, uh, out of the toys uh, that the... if So if you could ask for one toy for Christmas, um, but it has to be made in the Neptunian toy factory by semi-sober elves um what toy would you ask for uh i would probably oh lord i was gonna say just because it's part of the song um the poorly painted soldiers who are made these two soldiers are poorly painted and they're made from inferior wood uh they're just in my brain as like that'd be you know what because then you can just like break them apart and have fun you can you can mash them up yeah real okay. soldier action um, all right. Ooh, my, my computer yeah. is saying that my internet connection, like me, is unstable. Oh, no. Uh, well, we are almost, at, we're almost going to wrap up. Um, lose big three, number three. Uh, if you were on trial at Famous Original Ray's Superior Court and you could hire either Hyper Chicken or Frozen Caveman Lawyer to represent you, who would you hire? I think Frozen Caveman Lawyer tends to have a higher success rate. Um, but yeah, you know, I'll go with Frozen Caveman Lawyer, even though I love Diaper Chicken is like a top 10 favorite Futurama character, but I love him for his incompetence. Mm. And I'd, and it'd be like, if I had actually done the thing and I needed to, to get off, mm -hmm. I would get Frozen Caveman Lawyer. Even though you can, literally pay hyper chicken in corn well i could i could pay him in corn but i have to know that he's gonna he's gonna do the job that's fair that's you know a, i need that dumb chicken to be proud of himself that's a and valid can, concern yeah um awesome <laughs> uh so um peter as you know i have two bonus questions that i always ask one mm -hmm. of which is what's your snack so peter what's your snack did you have any uh any fun at-home snacks while you were watching this episode of futurama uh i had what did i have this morning oh because i watched it this morning and i'm up at my parents right now for thanksgiving and i had a homemade egg mcmuffin oh so you ruined thanksgiving yeah because you ruined yeah. your appetite. You're not going to be able to eat any turkey or anything. Well, tomorrow. I mean, that's that's tomorrow. So, yeah, I, I assume that a small yeah. breakfast sandwich this morning. Uh, no, it doesn't ruin. OK, well, you no, know, yeah, no, you ruined your appetite you know for me. two days. Lou, are we surprised that I ruined my appetite for two days or ruined anything for a period of time? You are were surprised. Everything. I do. So, it's what I do. Yeah. It's my brand. Uh, awesome. I <laughs> um, I I also watched this this morning and um, I am not at my parents house, but I am down the street. I am in New York, so I had a bagel and coffee. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, all right, so final bonus question. If we were to replace any two characters in this episode of Futurama with Danny DeVito and Whoopi Goldberg, who would you recast? How would it improve the episode? Okay. So I, uh, hmm, okay. I would want Whoopi to be Petunia. When he falls the the when with the flamethrower, I think that's very much in Whoopi's sort of like sly, early comedy sort of fade. Like I, I imagine her reading the lines like how she does Shenzi and Lion King, like that sort of just like attitude and all attitude. Like that's that's what I want. Mm -hmm. um, Devito, 
Uh, I, because well, you you don't want to lose some characters, but you don't want to, um, he just makes everything better. Uh, both of them do. I would probably put DeVito, I would want unhinged DeVito guest starring as Robot Santa. Okay. As much I as I love DiMaggio, I would love to hear DeVito's take on it. Yeah. I would, if this were, I agree with, I agree with your picks. Um, the only modification I would make is it, it's against the rules, but, um, or no, it's not. Cause I make the rules. It's, I was like, it's your show. You're literally allowed to do whatever you want. Yeah. So I'm going to bring, I'm going to bend my own rules. Uh, uh is uh-huh. if <laughs> like a certain robot devil. No, I don't know. I don't know which robot you're <laughs> talking about, but, um, <laughs> but if, uh, yeah, no, if we could get live action, Danny DeVito, in a chicken suit and just insert him into the rest of the hand, like on a hand-drawn backgrounds as similar, hyper chicken. That's what I want. Yeah. Similar to how I wanted him in a dinosaur costume for playing the Spinosaurus in Jurassic Park 3. Ex- exactly. Exactly. Yeah, for uh, those of so, you who are only listening to my episodes of this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all you Turo heads out there. Yeah. Um, a Turophile is someone who like loves cheese. So, oh. there you are. We've all been uh, making charts and, and graphs and predictions about when when Peter would be finally back to do a second episode, and here he is. Uh, so, thank you for, for listening to this episode of our review of Futurama uh, Season 3, Episode 3, A Tale of Two Santas. Um, Pete, where else can the listeners find you? What else do you do? Um, well, I, uh, one podcast episode a year. <laughs> I, I did two episodes of another podcast this year. So screw oh. you. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm still occasionally, uh, doing our bar, uh, which is still fun. I, um, I've, 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 I, I have had a very busy last couple of months. So it's, my life has been sort of like, uh, trying to get back to normal. So hopefully, uh, I will be getting back to a semblance of entertaining in terms of having something fun that I've written in the last, uh, in the next few months. But, uh, you know, if you want to follow me on any of the socials, uh, I'm on Instagram and RSVPete one and Twitter at Mr. Underscore the underscore frog. Uh, it's, uh, it's, they're fun. It's fun. It's mostly, uh, just like what I'm doing is the world is happening again. Awesome. Uh, and those links to Pete's social media will be in the uh, show notes, of course. And um, if you haven't listened to our Jurassic Park 3 episode, you can scroll down in your podcast feed and find that. Uh, Pete and I had a really good time talking about that. And Pete, yeah. would you, is there any movie or um, any other TV show or anything that has a robot or a dinosaur in it that you've been itching to to talk about on this show that I'm we can get you back for a future to do, Yeah, I'm still waiting for us to do Bumblebee. Oh my gosh. Oh, you're right. Yeah, we did talk. Yes, you mentioned that last time. It's been a full year and I still haven't gotten around <laughs> to book it. And, th- and think it's probably been like three years since we've seen it. I know. I need to rewatch it. But yes, that's okay. We'll talk about that off air. We'll figure out a time when we can do Bumblebee because that's a really that's a really good one. That's a really underrated movie. Yeah, but I was glad because that my last one was a dinosaur one and I'm glad that I got to do uh, a robot one now. Yeah. Um, awesome. So, Pete, do you have any closing statements? Anything you want to say to the audience before we wrap up? I hope you all get to have some uh, bathtub eggnog just like Grandma used to drink. Perfect. That's where we're going to end it on. 
Thank you for thank you everybody. Happy holidays. Happy Bye. Xmas. Merry Xmas. Merry Xmas. Had it done good, huh?